with your host, Dr. Dina C. Brown. I'm so excited to be with you on this conscious conversation. I have an amazing guest today joining me in the discussion, and I'm going to allow her to introduce herself in a minute. But first and foremost, let me tell you a little bit about who I am. I am Dr. Dina C. Brown, and I'm affectionately known by my clients as The Catalyst. And by catalyst, it means that I make shift happen. And here's here's the beauty of this, is that once you choose to make that first move, the following steps begin to be easier and easier as you begin to build momentum. And that's part of my role as your coach and catalyst and motivator to get you to move and make the necessary shifts. And tonight on Walking Through Glass, the podcast, what we are talking about in our conscious conversation is about really fighting and kicking the butt of that inner bully. We all deal with that. So it's not just about feeling like an imposter and dealing with imposter syndrome. It's really getting to the root of the matter, of the situation, of the person that's beating yourself up. And guess what? That person is you. And so we have an expert here with us who's going to talk about how she slays the inner bully. And so without further ado, I am going to introduce Miss Jen Slay to you. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I'm still jamming off the theme music. <laughs> I was about to say, your theme music is so good. I was down here. I was just kind of dancing, getting into the <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, thank you for joining me. Like I said, I... I I know that I deal with, you know, certain issues and I do a lot of self-talk to Mm -hmm. help battle that, Um, but it's been lots of years in training and, you know, development and education about how to have that set of mindset mastery. But I know you have a whole nother toolkit in a set. So I definitely want you to tell everybody who's listening, all our listeners out there on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Music Play. Podbean, soon to be iHeartRadio, who mm-hmm. you are and what you are going to be bringing to us tonight in Conscious Conversations. 
Okay, well, my name is Jen Slay. I'm a social worker. I'm up here in Canada. We the North, we the North. <laughs> and um, I've been a social worker for about 20 years, and I've worked a lot with people in a number of different socioeconomic classes, a lot of people having to deal with having to manage that inner voice, that inner bully. And so um, over the last five years, I've opened a private practice um, and really delved into that, uh, really honing into what helps people become more successful in their lives. And when I say successful, I don't mean just material, money, career. I mean actually feeling happy and fulfilled in their relationships and in their professional life and just life in general. So, Oh, that's good. That's so good. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was like kind of strange. I was like, where's that extra breathing space? What's happening? I was like, that was the inner bully trying to come and get us. No, we're about to give everybody some tips and guidelines on on how to really deal with that, with yeah. that that we do. And I just had a dynamic conversation earlier this morning with a with a powerful woman who, for all intents and purposes, when she reached out and we began to to talk, one of the things that she said is that, you know, I'm always strong and I'm dealing with all of these issues and I'm beginning to feel this way because of these rejections and these different things that are happening in my life. And I don't have anyone really to talk to. And I've been dealing with this. And when you made XYZ comment, she's like, I'm sitting here in tears because I feel like I can be bare for the moment. Yeah. And I thought, wow, you, you know what I mean? Like she's a person that I also like admire. And when we're talking about different things that she could do for her business to monetize what she knows, um, we just had an authentic moment about really the mindset space. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because people who do a lot and who are quite successful and who, um, our movers and shakers, oftentimes they're the same ones that are extremely insecure about certain things about themselves, right? And they're, they're the ones that are beating themselves up a lot, I'm finding. And um, it just, I think for me anyways, from my experience, it's you do, do, do so that you don't necessarily have to look inside, right? Mm. There's the, there's um, what I've come to understand is when you can accept who you are, like really just love who you are and forgive whatever you have done in your life, that's when you can live. Mm. Until, until then, you're kind of just going through the motions and you're just, like I said, doing, just doing, doing, doing. But when you can actually accept who you are and forgive whatever, whatever your bully is beating you up about, that's when you live. Wow. But something that you just said, that is really key. That's this weird feedback thing going on. I don't know if that's my mic or what. Um, however, we're going to still keep it moving. Okay. Is that when we're talking with ourselves, especially high performers, mm -hmm. and we're questioning ourselves, and we tend to look at external factors mm -hmm. for the situations that we're in and what we're dealing with as opposed to dealing with the internal causes of that and doing what I call that inner work. Yes. Which is not very pretty and often very painful when you have to take a really good look at who you really are mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And not to simply be defined by what you have done. Yes. Yes. And it's hard sometimes to take a look at who you, who you really are, because sometimes you, you find things like, like, Oh, that, that ain't so pretty. That ain't so nice. Right. (laughs) But I mean, we, we all have it. We all, we're, nobody is perfect. Nobody is perfect. And the wonderful, beautiful thing about life is that if you see something about yourself that you don't like, change it. See, that's what I'm saying. So, you know, we can, we can change. We don't have to be the, whoever the bully is saying we are. We don't have to be that. We, we don't have to believe that. I mean, if you, now, if you buy into it, then that's when you start believing it. And then I believe you start, um, your brain will find opportunities to make whatever you're believing a reality. Right. So, so you just have to really pay attention to your thoughts and be real with yourself. I love what you said. Be real. And, and, and in that realness is where we discover our truth. And when you were sharing that, you know, what you've done for a number of years, and I applaud you for doing that work because social work and working with people who are coming to you all day long with their issues and their challenges, and some of them quite horrific. And I come from an educational background, but a lot of psychology in that, because working as a school principal, um, we tend to have to be social workers. <laughs> yes. I sit on what, you know, we tend to have to work in that space and sit on those committees and deal with some horrific things and keep it quiet because the confidentiality space is there. And so you find that when there's no one for you to tell, about all the things that you got inside of you, you begin to do this muscle memory of doing that even with your own life. So when things are going on with you, you keep thinking that you got to keep it confidential and not tell anyone because Mm -hmm. if you did, now you have this big scarlet C, like scarlet crazy on your chest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And, And what I love to share is that it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. You know, for for a lot of the years that I've since I graduated university, I spent a lot of time in child welfare, mm. and and when you work in in that field, you see some of the worst that there is to see, and um, a lot of the parents that I I worked with, they're beating themselves up about what about the mere fact that I'm knocking on their door to investigate someone saying that they are um, hurting their child or harming their child or mistreating their child, right? Just that knock on the door hurts, right? Even if it's not true, even if there's nothing going on, it hurts. Someone's questioning your ability to parent. And that, that I, I feel really gets into the core of people. And that's when your, their bully gets real, real loud. Real, real. Part of it is also the script Mm -hmm. that is marinating from their childhood experiences, their upbringings and their interactions. And one thing, as I've done a lot of additional study um, about this, and I look at, I love neuroscience. So I've been doing a lot of how the brain works and how the brain um, and how, what I call our psychological DNA yeah. actually drives a lot of our decision-making. Mm-hmm. And when we spend time looking at how the brain works and what I call our cellular um, 
responses from a biological perspective. I tell you, I'm a nerd, just real fabulous. And that <laughs> it's that there are indelible marks that are left, and many of them left before we were even conscious. Yeah of them even being a part of our experience. And so when people say, well, I really don't know, they probably don't know. Yeah. Why? It's because they haven't made the unconscious conscious. Yeah. I I was listening to a, a, a podcast the other day and the I can't remember his name, but he was saying that our behavior is 95% unconscious. Yes. 5% of what we do, we actually know we're doing. Right. So then we have to then say, okay, so then I need to reprogram my subconscious, my unconscious mind, because otherwise I'm going to keep repeating these same things over and over and over again. And one of the things that I teach in, um, when I'm, cause I have a course that's called slay your inner bully. And one of the things that we teach is simply to reprogram that script. Oh yes. Completely reprogram the script. Because you you have the power to do that. You do not have to be who the bully says you are. Right. Right. And but so- even better yet is that when we find and we start to deal with, and this comes from, I've been in education lots of years, and how do you deal with bullies? You confront them. Mm-hmm. And I, that's where the inner work actually comes in. Yeah. And that when I kept saying the inner bully is you and I do that proverbial quote unquote, they is you, mm-hmm. they're not, gonna, it's you talking to you. Yeah. And so until you call a thing, a thing mm-hmm. and realize you are really the master designer mm-hmm. okay, in your show and that you got to go back and start to say, you know what? I know it's painful, but I need to get quiet. See, Here's the thing. People who like a lot of noise and a lot of people around them are really busy and always going, going, going. I often think they're often running away from something. Oh, yeah. They just can't be alone. They don't want to be by themselves. Why? Because when they do, they will then come to the realization that they don't like them. Yeah. And when they don't like them, hurt people hurt other people. Yes. Broken women try to break other women. And you can go extrapolate that across. And so really the bully inside of them has been beating them up saying, okay, well, remember the very first time you were sitting in class in the fourth grade and you tried to answer a question and you got the wrong answer and your classmate laughed at you. That's why you need to be quiet. Mm -hmm. And so you're wondering, well, why am I always quiet? Well, guess what? Go back in time, start to go deal with some things. Yeah. And, And until you realize that, oh, that's where it came from. Okay, I'm good now. But so many times we don't want to do that because there's some painful memories. I'm just giving a basic example. Mm-hmm. There's some really painful hurts, which often come from our parents yeah. and the people that we love. And because we love them, if we had to deal with the hurts that they inflicted upon us and had to deal with that truth of it, mm-hmm. then we're going to have to make some decisions about our relationships with people. And we don't want to do that. So what do we do? We keep talking crazy to ourselves. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I've been doing a lot of, of quiet time and inner work and we're so busy not trying to hurt somebody else with the truth that we keep lying to ourselves and we're destroying that. And so that's why that inner bully is so strong. That's why you don't ever feel enough. That's why you don't feel like, you know, you can't do it. And I wanted to ask you is that 
when you made the leap to open your private practice, Mm -hmm. what was going through your mind? Oh my gosh. So (laughs) (laughs) for, for me, it took uh, probably a good three years before I actually said, okay, I'm ready to do this because I was so scared that I was going to hurt somebody or I was so scared that, that I wasn't good enough. Like those messages came in my head, Jen, you can't do this. Who do you think you can counsel? Look at your own life. Cause I was going through some, some other stuff, some painful stuff in my own life in terms of a divorce and stuff like that. So it's like, who do you think you are that you can go counsel somebody, you know? And so those messages came But then I had to sit back and I did have to do some inner work. But at the same time, I also realized I had to separate the facts from the fiction. Facts were, were, I'm damn good at what I do. Like I can help people. I can support people. And I am bright enough. I mean, I have a ton of different degrees and stuff that to show me, Jen, you, you can, you can recite whatever Whatever they're telling you, you can regurgitate it. You're smart enough. You've got the education. You don't need more education because I'm thinking I got to take this course. I got to do this. I got to do that. And eventually I had to just take a step back and say, okay, Jen, what is it that you're scared of? What is it that Mm. you're really scared of? Right. And my thing was that I was so scared of failing. One of the reasons it goes back to my childhood where um, I lived in a household where if you were not number one, then you were not good enough. Wow. Right. And when I understood that, I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to do this. And if I fall flat on my face, that's okay because I'm going to learn whatever I need to learn and do it better next time. And I just wow. went. So. Wow. And, and that fear of failing. And here's where, again, I think the inner bully can have some help mm-hmm. with naysayers, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is why mm-hmm. I said you have to get very clear about what you're called to do. And you have to be so clear with that. I mean, you don't use rose colored lenses. You're very clear about what you're called to do because you were called to do something, not just anything. That's something. And once you nail that down that, then you can be very confident in the face of negative self-talk, bullies, naysayers, people who are shining their own personal fears onto you. Mm-hmm. Because when you don't have clarity and you don't have that confidence, you'll never have consistency in showing up. Because when people come and say, well, why are you doing that? Then you start questioning, okay, well, why am I doing this? <laughs> am I am I really, you know? So then you'll be in their face going, oh, cause I'm good. And, and you'll say that. But when the quiet time happens, yes, that's why some people don't like quiet time. Yeah. Is when you start having those conversations and when you have those conversations, then you have to then again, that's when the battle royale starts. And I know that because I deal with the same thing and I know I'm called to do this. I know we should, with that, I don't mean how many more degrees I got to have or whatever else. Cause I'm thinking, oh, maybe I should take this. Maybe I should take that. I spent enough on some degrees. I'm good. Yeah. And I know, <laughs> and I know that I have 20 plus years of experience. Uh huh. And I know that people are calling and reaching out to me to ask me about my expertise. But what was happening to me, and I don't know if this has happened to you, is that I began to question that space out of frustration when I start seeing lack of a better term or calling the thing a thing, people with lesser 
skill, ability, and intuitiveness. Uh-huh. Capitalize on moments. And I'm like, okay, and why are they doing that? And they seem to be building this strong following and doing that. All of what they're saying is out of some kind of $5 diamond book. They don't have experience doing that. I just had a conversation with a very dear friend of mine about this new billion dollar coaching industry um, frenzy. Mm-hmm. And to the point where I didn't even want to call myself a coach. I because I'm like, there are so many people watered down. Where's their background knowledge? Yeah. Where's their experience? Mm-hmm. You know, beyond the doctorate degree, I then also have a certification. Yeah. Deep that I've spent time, energy, effort with mentorship and coaching yeah. on top of coaching mm-hmm. on the behavioral analysis aspect of it, of the neurological, the neurologistic programming aspect of it. You know what I mean? Yes, no, I all that. But yet, Jimmy took a $25 life coach course <laughs> and calls himself a coach. Calls himself a coach. And he got a promotion, and people were touting Jimmy's whatever. And when people are not getting results from Jimmy, they're calling me on the back end. Dina, can you help me? Oh my God, I'm stuck. I need help with this. I don't know what I'm, you know, they want mm-hmm. me to talk them off the ledge. But here's the part that I had to move past is that. Those people never gave me acknowledgement or credit for helping them with their shift. Mm-hmm. Nor did they ever decide that, hey, I want to be a client. Because I said, well, hey, I got this going on. And really, this is my business. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. And I don't have, they come up with a thousand excuses. And so then it was like, I would see them turn around and go, oh, yeah, hey, I hired a coach. Oh, Jimmy is fantastic. Jimmy is helping me get all these breakthroughs. I'm thinking, fool, you was on my own for three days straight, prostrate. And so then I begin to question my uh-huh. gift and my calling. And like, and, and you know what, Dina, I want to just focus on that for a minute because when you are living or operating outside of what you are supposed to do, that's when the bully has um, a certain amount of power over you. Yeah, I was in child welfare and I was working and at year 15, I was like, you know what? It's time for me to go. It's time for me to. And I kept I knew it was time for me to go. But I said, it's it's a good job. It's a government job. I get a check every two weeks. I got benefits. I got this. I have a pension. I'm going to leave that to go out on my own and not even have a strong clientele. Like, am I crazy? Right. And so then the bully gets loud as the more you stay in where you're not supposed to be, the bully just gets louder and louder and louder. And sometimes what can happen is it beats you down so much that you just stay there and you become complacent and you're sad and you're depressed and you just don't know. You feel stuck. But when you actually say, you know what, I'm going to do this, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to go forward. I'm going to move. I'm going to take action. I'm going to live my purpose. Then opportunities open up and you are able to fly. And not everything is perfect. Like I don't want to put on those rose colored glasses, but at the same time, my life today looks so different and I feel so much more fulfilled than I did when I was doing what I wasn't, where I wasn't supposed to be. And I don't want to say that that time in my life where I was in child welfare for those 20 years, 
it was valuable in the sense that it taught me so much. But there was a time where it was time to say bye to that and open up a new door and go somewhere else. Wow. Wow. And, and, and that's that same. I had someone ask me earlier tonight, why did I leave um, K-12 education? Why did I leave mm-hmm. school administration? And I said, my purpose and passion didn't line up with my profession anymore. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I knew that I was called to do bigger. And like you, the times when God said, I need you to move. But it was like, oh, the money is great. I my good government job. <laughs> international travel the government's paying all my bills i'm traveling to different countries every month you know i'm doing my kid birthday parties in dubai you want me to do what and and i was so caught up in that but i saw this downward spiral from the inside out because things got very ugly and toxic for me in that space and i wasn't able to thrive and i knew that when I came back to the United States three years ago, I didn't want to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to work in K-12. Now, I still do some um, leadership and development training, mm-hmm. especially for communication practices for um, K-12 institutions and universities and teaching educators right. how to build a sense of community and communicate and connect, right, mm-hmm. with their diverse population. So I still do that, which I love. But day to day, I realized that that wasn't part of my now and getting clear about who I was and what I'm supposed to do. So earlier today, again, I had this divine call um, that I was on and I was sharing with them that like her, as we were working through the shift she needed to make. And I said, thank you for this because it also reaffirms that I'm called to do this. Yeah. Get off the phone. You feel like, okay, I'm taking action. And she's texting me like, I've done this, what you said. I've done this, what you said, you know? And, and, and I was like, wow, I was a part of that. Yeah. You know, to help that good. Like, don't you feel energized? There have been, there have been times where I walk into a session and I'm, I'm not feeling all that great. Right. Like I'm just tired or whatever the case might be. And by the end of that session with that client, I'm like totally on cloud nine. Like it's just this is what I was born to do. I was able to support them to do to get to the next step. And you just feel great. That's when you know, yeah, this is this is what I was born called to do. But then you go to sleep, you enjoy that day. And and here's the part where I think the inner bully. Mm-hmm. And that inner critic and that negative self-talk mm-hmm. is that then when you run up against your no, your disappointment, mm-hmm. um, a rejection, mm-hmm. um, a missed opportunity, right. a job you didn't get, mm-hmm. a role that you didn't get, mm-hmm. a speaking engagement that they didn't select you for, or somebody choosing someone else in a relationship over you, mm-hmm. or friends, when you start dealing with that, then the bully come back at you again. Yeah. <laughs> and see, exactly. yeah, you thought you was all that. And, and, and so even when you're in that calling space, so here's the kinds of things, because even in talking about our road and our journey, and we're all on the same journey, but we'll take different paths. And it doesn't mean that because we're on different paths that we don't have something to give to each other, mm-hmm. uh, which is the power behind the lead her shift movement which is shifting the way we think about ourselves as women and how we develop and lead, as well as walking through glass, the actual podcast and book is about 
not breaking through the barriers, but once you're sitting in those roles, in those positions, and, and you have that, what's happening to you? What are you saying to yourself? So I begin to develop some very clear, what I call mantras and affirmations. Mm-hmm. That in, when I'm in the midst of those moments, here's what I begin to say to myself to bring me right back to that clear space so I don't begin to wallow. And one of the ones that I developed, and I posted it everywhere because I was going through a time when I kept saying, I have some decisions to make. And one road, um, it's very profitable, but it's not an alignment but it's profitable. And as a mom and as a single mom, I thought, okay, do I got to take that road? (laughs) You know, what if I don't? And because this entrepreneurship thing, you know, until you have all the systems in place and the revenue coming in and all of your streams Mm -hmm. and all of those systems just kind of rolling, 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 which takes time, energy, effort, and money. Mm -hmm. It still can be uncertain. So what do I do? So in that role, in that space, I would still be caught in that juxtaposition of which one do I do? So I began to say to myself, number one, I know who I am. I know what I want. I know who and how I'm called to serve. And so when people were kind of pricking my ego, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Pushing my buttons, I literally would go, and sometimes I would have to get up and go to the bathroom mm-hmm. and say that I know who I am. Mm-hmm. Okay, I know what I want, and I know who and how I'm called to serve. And when I said that to myself, then that inner bully couldn't start talking about how you know people are out to get me and see that's why you know, and starts beating up on me. Because I really start doing internal talk to counteract that. Right. So I don't know if you have a super thing that you do when you start to feel those emotions um, start to happen and that talk start to take over. So there's a few things. There's a few things that I do. And this is going to sound for some, for your listeners, this is going to be like, this girl's crazy. But (laughs) Jared, (laughs) smile. Smile because when you start to feel anxious and when you are feeling, when the bully starts coming at you, if you smile, what it does is the nerves and the muscles um, signal to the brain that you're happy. It just, the brain just thinks, oh, you must be happy. You're smiling. And then it releases endorphins that um, those, those happy hormones to make you feel better. Right. Because then you start to feel when you feel good, you do good. I say that all the time. Right. So that's one of the things. The other thing is to breathe, because sometimes Mm -hmm. bully is is doing its thing. You start breathing shallow. When you start to breathe shallow, your brain is deficient of oxygen and it will send oxygen to the vital organs to make sure that you survive. Right. So the, the your rational thought. It's not getting that part of the brain is not getting the oxygen right then. So if you take deep breaths, then you can oxygenate your brain and start thinking clearly and doing exactly what you do in terms of separating the facts from the fiction. I've done, I've done this. People recognize this. I am good at what I do and being able to talk to yourself and tell yourself. And those affirmations are powerful. Affirmations are powerful. 
Because what they do is it, it tells your brain, this is who I am. Everything you say after I am is powerful. It tells the brain to look out for that, to confirm it. So that's why when I tell people, don't even joke. Don't even joke about right. I'm so crazy. I'm so that don't joke because your brain is going to, doesn't know you're joking and it's going to go and look for things to affirm that. So, Can you say that for people in back and all in this? Cause I say that quite often. I don't allow people to joke with me or to attach monikers to me mm-hmm. that don't agree with who I am. Yeah. And first people say, I'm just, no, I don't joke like that. I'm sorry. Oh, you're this. I'll say, oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> and, I said, so, and they'll go, what? I said, no, I'm not. I said, I, I don't subscribe to that. Mm-hmm. And I don't use language like that when I'm speaking about myself or when I'm speaking about anyone. I said, it's imperative that you become intentional about the words that you use to describe yourself. Mm-hmm. I said, whether you're joking and you're talking to other people, because the way that you describe and talk to yourself to other people is also what you're going to say to yourself in the quiet time. But more importantly, where my heart space is, is what you then begin to impart and speak to children. Yes. Like, and so when I talk about that psychological DNA, which I probably made up and that's okay. Mary J. Blige can make up words. I can make up um, <laughs> terminology. So I've been coining the term psychological DNA and this is how I describe it. <laughs> is that when you keep talking to little kids, you're going to be um, no good like your daddy. Mm. You're going to be this. You're going to be a little hope. You gonna, you know, yeah. and they wonder when they grow up and the daughter's pregnant at 14, she's promiscuous and she's out there doing all kinds of extracurricular things. You spoke it into existence. I, you spoke it to her. You spoke it in, yeah. And she didn't even know. She didn't have any kind of defense because it's not till they get to what's about the age between they say between 10 and 12 mm-hmm. that you now have the opportunity consciously to refute things. Right. So anything that was poured into you very early on mm-hmm. remained part of those indelible marks that I call phantom limbs. Mm-hmm. And so until you make the conscious conscious and you, what you said, rewire, rescript, yeah. remove all that negative, negative narrative mm-hmm. from you, then you keep going, why am I doing this? Why am I attracting the same kind of no good man? Well, you've been speaking him into your presence. Yeah. If you say all I get, and and I'm going to tell you now, this is, this is truth. This is complete transparency. When I first decided to tackle entrepreneurship and I used to do a lot and people would recognize my talents, but people didn't feel that they needed to pay me for it. Why? Mm -hmm. Because at that point I didn't have an expectation I loved what I was doing. I did it for over 20 years as an educator and a government employee. You can't charge people for what we do. This is what we do. Right. We coach, counsel, we do strategic plans. We do, you know, that's what we do. I've done it all day long for 20 years. Right. Cause the government paid me. Right. And so now, um, when I said, this is a business space and I'm having lunch and I'm sitting there and I'm pouring into people, I'm giving strategic plans. They're calling me when they're in tough times. Some people got to the point where they wanted to call me every week <laughs> to coaching and help them create stuff uh-huh. to the point where I used to say, you know, this is what I used to say. Oh, 
I keep getting those people that don't want to pay me. I keep getting those kind of clients that don't have any money. I See, I started speaking that. I get the people that are so needy. Mm-hmm. All I, and I just kept saying, that's what I'm getting. And guess what kept showing up? is narcissistic, mm-hmm. needy, financially unfit people. Yeah. And I said, Dina, it's your fault. You've been calling those people to you. Yeah. 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 So I had to rescript that. And and that's and see that's a thing. We have to be able to admit those things to ourselves. Now, those women um that talk about uh I only attract the, the men that are no good, they don't take care of their responsibilities, blah, 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 blah. Well, it's your fault. You keep calling yeah. them, right? And yes. who nobody wants to hear that. And so when we start talking about the inner bullying, I've dealt with a couple of people that I had to realize that they didn't like themselves, which is why that they couldn't, they couldn't care about me. Mm-hmm. It was obvious they didn't care about themselves. And so when I begin to love myself on purpose with purpose, mm-hmm. and to speak that unapologetically in every situation, and I have expectations. And someone thought I was joking. I said, I have expectations for every single relationship in my life. Yeah. I said, whether you're a friend, whether you're an associate, whether you're my child, me and my child have these talks, me and my son who's 17, we have these conversations. I said, here's my expectation for you as the, my son and me being your mother. Mm-hmm. And I said, these are non-negotiables. Right. And he was like, whoa. And then other people were like, oh, who she thinks she is? I think I'm a person that loves me. So if you want to be friends with me, then that you are on a trial basis, number one. I got a 90-day trial plan that you got to get on. I said, but I don't use the term very loosely either because I have expectations for my friends. Because when I say you're my friend, that you're really an extension of my family. So whatever I have, you have. My siblings are your siblings. Right. You know what I mean? Your children are my children. Yeah. So that's a different level. You can't go there with everybody. No, no. And you know, wrong with, yeah. there's nothing wrong with holding yourself at a, a, a certain level, having certain standards, nothing wrong with it. Um, and we, if, I mean, we will be treated the way we allow people to treat us. Right. And that right. Goes for ourselves as well. Right. I had to learn to love me and see, here's the thing. And I kept saying, you know, I had to learn to love me to be able to accept love from other people. Mm -hmm. Because I also had some people that came into my life who were very comfortable with who they were and they were very loving. Mm -hmm. But I didn't love me, so I didn't understand. And I didn't get it. Mm -hmm. And so I was always feeling like, oh, what's wrong with this person? I don't know about them. You know, but I realized when I began to do the inner work. Mm-hmm. And start having these conscious conversations with me. Mm-hmm. See, that's what this show was spawned from. That I wish I had somebody that I can say, okay, let's get real and talk about this. <laughs> Girl, I'm so trifling. I'm gonna, I'm sick of myself. Right. You know, <laughs> and here's where I need to work, do some work to love myself better. Here's the identity, the areas that I realize are some flaws that need to have some buffing and polishing on them. And, and let me talk about you know, why I come to that. And so when I start doing that work with me, and then the beauty of it is I start sharing with other people. 
to say, hey, I'm sorry that my expectation for this relationship and they will go, girl, and that, oh, no, no, I'm not joking. If you want to be in my circle, here's my expectation. If you're not, I'm okay with that. And you're more than happy to exit. If I'm in your house, I will leave. And if you are in my house, politely excuse yourself. Yeah. It's so true. And you'll find that the, the people that are, that feel uncomfortable around you it's because they're not comfortable with themselves. Yeah. Right. Because if once you're comfortable with yourself, you can be around anybody. You can be around the president of the United States. Well, you know, <laughs> I shouldn't have said president. Your president right now is interesting. <laughs> yeah. But I can still be me. However, even if I was actually in his presence before he became president, he, that he actually had a rally right here in Orange County and my son and his friends wanted to go. So I did have the distinctive, um, opportunity, I'll call it, <laughs> to, to be in the presence. But here's what the, at the end of the day is that number 45 cannot make me do A, B, C, and D or feel a certain way about myself. Yeah. And I stopped using the term, well, they made me. Mm. No, they did not. You had a choice. You choose. You chose to feel that way. And it still goes back to what's happening. And sometimes we, when we get tired of fighting the inner bully, we then cast those aspirations on somebody else. Mm-hmm. I mean, and say it's their fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They may be, they're doing this to me. Yeah. When we get, I, mean, I guess what my point was, was that when we're comfortable with ourselves, we can be around anybody. It doesn't matter who we yes. are. Right. It doesn't matter what title they hold. We can be around anyone once we're okay with ourselves. And that goes back to what I said at the very beginning, when you can accept yourself for who you are and forgive yourself for whatever you need to forgive yourself for, that's when you start to live. Absolutely. And that, and that you are like, so a hundred percent on point. And I was truly even agreeing with you with that point is that I'm, I'm comfortable in a room by myself Mm -hmm. with a thousand people, with five people. (laughs) And because of that, many people are drawn to me when I go in a room Mm -hmm. and I'm just sitting there minding my own happy business. And they're going, they come over, they talk at my table, and sometimes I'll go find a corner so I can people watch. Right. And next thing I know, here they come, traipsing on over there to my side, <laughs> and they start asking me, oh, your energy. And and that's when I really started really doing some deep dive um, research and understanding and reading about energy mm-hmm. because I thought they're just playing. But then I would go to a whole different type of event, and people would say the same thing. And I'm like... Oh my goodness. Okay. What is it? This energy thing. Mm -hmm. And so I, I knew the concept, but I didn't have a word verbiage for it before. Right. And so when people start saying that, Oh, Dean, I just want a little bit of energy. Then I wondered why I was so tired when I would leave these places. I was tired. So I tell you, I'm an ambivert. I'm very great out, but I can leave and go in the house and not leave and not talk to anybody Mm -hmm. for days and be okay. Yes. Yes. I call myself the, what was the term I had? Uh, in, introverted extrovert. 
So I'm totally yeah. okay with just being by myself. And I love to people watch because I find that you can learn so much from just watching people's interactions and, and how they, what their moods are and how they speak to one another. Like you can just learn some more. It, it helps with your own social awareness, but yeah. you can also be totally amongst the crowd, talking it up, being that social butterfly. I can be, you know, either way and I'm comfortable either way. Um, so, yeah. And and that and like I said, and that's good. So, so like I said, I have some really good tips. I use affirmations. I use meditation to program it and schedule it on my phone. Um, I have code trigger words yes. to say when I feel myself um, spiraling, mm-hmm. and when I feel like I'm in a situation or I've lost control of an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, then my simple word is like, Lord, I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. Mm-hmm. I trust you. I trust you. And I just start saying that literally over and over and over again. And it just brings all my anxiety down. Right. And so I'm a firm believer in the power of intentional um, usage of words and affirmations, but affirmations to me with action, as opposed to just affirming saying, you know, mm-hmm. I am happy. Okay. So what else are you doing? So <laughs> are you just saying I'm happy or are you actually going and enjoying life? Are you going out into nature? Are you actually going and experiencing things that bring you joy? <laughs> or, or are you just wishing and sitting in a chair hoping to get hit by a happy bomb? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> just, <laughs> are you being around people that also spark that happiness with you? Or again, are you just sitting there waiting for somebody to come and pour it on your head. And so I believe affirmations also require action. Yes. Yeah. You got to do something. Now, before we had such a great con, I mean, like this, we, I can talk about this like for 15 days and forever because it's so poignant. And that, that inner bully, which is also sparked, I think fear is a trigger. Mm hmm. And anxiety is a trigger. People think that they're one and the same when we talk about that. They're not. When you talk about fear, imposter syndrome, um, inner bully, I think that they have some parallels and correlations, but they're not the same thing. You know, and so um, since we're talking about how do we, quote unquote, slay the inner bully. Yeah. What else would you share with our listeners of something that they can actually do today to begin to make the shift? and deal with that particular um, aspect. Are you hearing that? Are you getting some feedback? I'm getting a little bit of feedback. All right. I wasn't sure. Okay. Anyways, um, one of the things that you can do right, right now is what's called a grounding technique, right? So when you find that your mind is just going all over the place where the bully is just um, attacking you, I give my clients just a little marble, just a clear little marble. And I say, focus on the marble. Just focus on it. Um, What does it look like? What does it feel like? Um, And because when you're doing that, then you're able to take your mind off of whatever is going on and focus so that you can be doing that breathing that I was talking about earlier. So that you can start to think rationally and start thinking about, okay, so so what's actually going on here? How can I separate the facts from the fiction? Right. Mm, that's really good. I used to keep um, a little key in my car. Mm. 
and I had like some words written on it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I do carry some of my other stones, you know, my <laughs> other ones my, to, to ground, to ground me. And I used to have a lapis angel mm-hmm. that I carried in my wallet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I find that tangible aspect yeah. of holding on to something and to bring me back something that had a powerful reminder, what I call a powerful blessing on its ability to speak life yes. into my life yes. was so key. you know because i would say what's what's the keys to getting out what's the keys to making it happen what's Mm -hmm. the key to get you moving how are you going to start the engine how because you can become paralyzed Mm -hmm. by that because once your inner bully starts talking it triggers that other fear gene yeah and then that's when that imposter starts talking to you from you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) talking to you and saying really and and so that's when we start tripping ourselves up and then the how when we get stuck on how to do something then again we'll start talking to ourselves so i think it's very important to to take what i call your vitamins or your daily dose of vitamin dr d about <laughs> how do you really what's the practical tip so i thank you so much for sharing the like the grounding tip and i've created my own specific you know, affirmations, um, to help with that. And what comes out, I'm excited. Um, next Tuesday, I'm going to be sharing, um, the, the 28 day mindset cleanse Mm -hmm. and it's a soap cleanse, which deals with scripture, observation, affirmation, and then practice. Nice. So once you begin to identify and deal with some things, what are the other pieces to get you to help you move, you know, with that? Because it's really about your mindset. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What are you saying to yourself? And, and if anyone that's following me on social media, you can follow me at Dr. Dina speaks. You'll see that. That's what I speak to a lot. Mindset, mindset. What are you thinking? Mindset, mindset, mindset. Yes, 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 yes. Um, This is the key to mm -hmm. success. Mm -hmm. So I wanted people to be able, because you've got some great opportunities. And like you said, you have um, the Slay, the Inner Bully course. And I'm sure, um, can people actually access that outside of Canada? Yes, anywhere in the world. It's an online program. And um, the next session starts September 19th. So it's a six-week online program. Um, And for every week, there's an hour-long session where we're all together. Um, and then there's homework during the week. There's supportive emails, a um, lot of reflective work. We do a lot of work on emotional intelligence because I am of the belief that when you are aware of yourself, mm-hmm. when you are able to manage your behavior and your relationships, then you're you're going to be more fulfilled and you're able to to move forward. But if you're not aware of whatever is going on, then it's like shooting darts in the dark. You're not you might hit the target, but you're likely not going to, right? You're likely to have someone have a casualty, there you go. <laughs> collateral damage, because you were shooting it, like I said, in the dark. Right. And so now also, how can our listeners find you? So it's great course, got some great stuff. How could they find you? Where do they go look? What's your, what's the, what's the deets? Okay. Well, if you're on Instagram, you just at Coach Jen Slay. On Facebook, Genslay Visionary, and um, my website is www.genslay.com. 
So those are the, the primary ways that you can get a hold of me. Fantastic. And um, I'll tell you, your expertise and your insights are so powerful. And they're from a clinical space <laughs> as well as practical applications. Yes. And I can tell you didn't pay $25.99 for your coaching degree. <laughs> <laughs> because you have really, um, you know, proven strategy, research-based best practices and strategies to help people really get out of their own way and live their best life. And I am so appreciative of you just coming on and walking through glass, the podcast and spending some time helping us process through you know what it is and just really being honest about what it's like, what I call like having real talk yeah. <laughs> about dealing with the experience and, and all the listeners out there, male or female alike, young or old, is that you're not alone in this. No. You're not alone in this. And when you call a thing a thing and you become very clear about what you're called to do and when you realize that 50% of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not, mm -hmm. you have a better opportunity to be very clear so that you can be very confident and you can be very consistent. And that consistency is what leads to what I call significance because it's not about simple success. Mm -hmm. It's about significance for me, leaving that legacy, that lasting impact to transform lives. Yes. One last thing that I'd just like to let your listeners know is slaying that inner bully doesn't mean that you're going to totally get rid of it, right? <laughs> that bully is, is there for life. It's your companion for life. But, but when you learn how to manage it, then it become it can become a tool. It can become a strategy to help you to move forward. It's just an information giver. It's just letting you know that something, something's not quite right. What, what do I need to face right now? right? It's just in how you perceive the bully and manage mm. right? It's like, who gives, who has the power? And like people talk about fear. I said, yes, fear exists. It just doesn't get a vote. There you go. And, and I love that you shared that that inner bully does and that inner, doesn't ever really go away. And, and here's why. And if it does disappear, you should be concerned. Mm -hmm. You are always growing. Exactly. You are always engaging in new opportunities. You should be pushing yourself to limits beyond your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. And when you start to delve in that space that's not very comfortable, that's when you're going to start having more conversations with that bully. Yeah. And so th that bully as we think about it, think about what the bully, like you said, teaches you yeah. and you begin to manage you because that's where you can actually find the depth of your strength. Yeah. We can go into it's when a the whole new conversation. Dina. And I know. I was like, I, I said that and I was like, Ooh, that's a, so, you know, you're going to have to come back. Yes. We're going to have yeah. to do another part two. Yeah. We're gonna <laughs> so let's write that down. Yeah. Talking about how the brain works and why the bully is there. That's a whole yeah. other conversation. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh yes. Like I said, like I said, that's my space. I love neuroscience. Yes. And when we think about neuro linguistic 
programming, mm-hmm. the power and intentionality of your words. And you, if you are an entrepreneur in sales, whatever you do, if you master these principles, honey, that's what's getting people. That's why everybody's, oh, you know, people are opening their pockets all the time. Why Tony Robbins is so successful? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> he's a master at it. Yes. He knows how to get your trigger buttons on. Mm -hmm. But what I do want to say is to everyone listening, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us. And I know that you got some takeaways that can help you today begin to slay. I like saying that, slay your inner (laughs) body. (laughs) And, And with that, the same way that you were, that you were listening and you have takeaways, then it is your responsibility to share that with someone else and to share this episode, share this conversation, make sure that you're not keeping this to yourself. And if you have a comment, please drop it in the comment section. If you have an idea and say, Hey, you know what? I really would think that you guys should go in a little bit deeper on that. Or, Hey, you know, have you ever thought about talking about this? Y'all didn't mention that. Please share that too. Yes. That's what the show is here for, is to open those doors for all of us to truly walk through the glass and live our very best life today. So with that, I am going to say good night um, for this episode of Walking Through Glass, the podcast with your host, Dr. Dina C. Brown, and the most phenomenal dynamic guest, Miss Jen Slay. Um, and just be on the lookout because you know we're going to come back to slay you with some more (laughs) how the brain works. Um, So thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. And you know what? Until next time, this was your conscious conversation on Walking Through Glass. Thank you. Bye-bye.